Okay, Bob, I appreciate you coming in um, today to help us with this. You got the script. We sent that over to you. You got that? I did. Did you have uh, a chance to run through that at all? I did. I was looking at it a couple of a couple of minutes, and I'm not really sure the direction we want to go, but okay. you know, I can well, why don't we just let, you know, we're, we got a, it's we kind of a big deal. This podcast been around for a while, you know, mm-hmm. we got yeah. so that's why we thought we needed to ramp it up a little bit, get some, get some help in here on the announcement. So why don't we just, just give us a run through and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by Rest Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really? Um, how, yeah, a little more, <clears throat> a little more poison concert? Sure. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rest Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really? It's a little tinny. Oh, okay. Um, um, yeah. yeah. And the, you know, this is really a professional uh, thing. People know us. And so do you have like more, I don't know, like a Ken Burns, um, you know. Like Peter Coyote? Yeah, like a, yeah. Like more of a narrator kind of vibe. Have you ever, have you ever read for a podcast? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. I'm sorry. Well. I wish we would have known that, but okay. Give give, give, give a try again. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rest Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really? We can work with that. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rest Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really? I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his, it's, on his it's desk always right here. here. It's always here. And by the way, the the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting, like one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff in some fruit. Yeah, there's it's nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your? Save <laughs> Okay, welcome back. You're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is episode 15, and the Cold Oatmeal Podcast is brought to you by the Rest Strategies team. We are a public affairs and a public relations firm headquartered in downtown Lansing. Uh, let my teammates here introduce themselves. Stephanie Vancouvering. Nikki O'Mara. Joe Bashi. Poor Nick DeLue is home again with, uh, with more vomit. Um, I think he's missed a couple of our episodes yeah, due, I was to, say that due to vomit. I, I it's not, it's not his vomit. Yeah. Not his vomit. <laughs> someone, else, okay. someone else's vomit. So before we get in, we have, I think, a show I've been looking for, forward to for a while. And actually, it is uh, the result of our, our first ever listener-nominated guest. Mm-hmm. Um, the Whale's Wife, <laughs> Catherine Jaffinga, has not, wrote in and said, you know what? Bob Olson would be an awesome guest to have on. You should totally have him on. So... You can oh, thank. I did not know. You that. can thank the whale's wife for uh, taking care of that. I love you. Call him the whale. <laughs> <laughs> he does too. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, also, a quick thanks to uh, Brian Western and Pete Mowry of Western and Mowry. Uh, they are the musical partners who have been providing us with music from the beginning, and also Nick Piazza, nickpiazza.com. Uh, they are uh, he. Nick also provides us with some music. So let's get into this. Um, Bob Olson, the voice you may have heard as we got into this. The man of a couple voices, he says, bobsvoice.net. Um, Bob is a friend. He's also a professional voiceover. Um, uh, a voiceover professional has been doing voices and commercials, narrations, and e-learning courses for more than 20 years. Bob, welcome. 
Thanks. Thanks for asking me to be here. I appreciate it. So we are all now stressed out because our voices will be compared. Every <laughs> word that comes out of our mouths <laughs> will be compared against the, the lovely tones mm-hmm. that are coming out of yours. It's funny. I'm already starting to critique. You and should. Yeah. Well, Stephanie <laughs> would like to sign up for a lesson after after the podcast so that we can we can work on her voice. So I want to start with what is the single craziest voice assignment you've ever been given? Oh. You know, it's that's funny. And I, I wish you'd have told me because there was one I used to do when I first started when internet was a little bit more than twenty four baud. It was a, uh, I worked for this sort of production house. It was high volume, low cost stuff just to get my feet wet. And you'd have everybody from Minot, North Dakota, all these little small markets sending you stuff. And I did one for a dog pooper scooper, (laughs) which, which isn't bad, but the script, a lot of times, because I had gotten so many per day, I was, I was working up to 40 or 50 commercials a day on this one service alone. And I, I didn't have time to read through it, especially if it was a long DRTV, like a direct, uh, direct response TV ad. And I started reading through it. Are you sick and tired of going into your backyard or seeing your kids pick up a steamy banana in the backyard? <laughs> and I started reading through this and I kind of chuckled and I went a little bit further on and I just absolutely lost it. And I've got this, this file that I'll send to my agent every once in a while. She said, have you ever done anything where you broke up? And I, I sent them this, and I thought she was going to lose it, too. It, it, it was one of the funniest things. I mean, itself, a pooper scooper isn't that big of a deal, but the way they wrote the script was just hysterical. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, what, what do you think might be the coolest place that someone might hear your voice? I, I know you've, oh. worked, you've worked with... The Disney Store, yeah, and I mean places like that. I always think about. Do you know Bob Colt, PR guy here oh, yeah, in town? Absolutely, I've done Bob that does the voice for the Lansing Airport. Yeah. So I walk in there and I always hear Bob reminding me that my toothpaste can't be more than three ounces, and I have to leave my, <laughs> I have to leave my shampoo he's bottle. A helpful man. Yeah, he's it's a helpful. like thank you, Bob. I appreciate that, and he's telling me what the what the time is here in the Eastern Time Zone. Um, but any it's, like if someone walks in and they hear Bob Olson's voice, what would be the coolest place that might be? You know, I, I've I've been on the radio since 1988. And I've been doing commercials literally since 1988. And I still, you know, if I hear something in, in town, it's, it's cool, but I'm, I'm used to it. My wife and I went to Chicago a couple of years ago. We always take a little trip after uh, Thanksgiving for Black Friday. We'll hit somewhere and buy stuff for the, for the nieces and that sort of stuff. And we went to Chicago, forgot all about it. We wanted to pick up some stuff for Disney, at the Disney store. And we're waiting for it to open. And there's my voice. Welcome, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, to the to the land that uh, makes dreams come true. And I'm like, holy moly, that's me. And it, <laughs> it, it, you know, every once in a while, I'll get shocked. Or if I'm in another city and I hear my voice, I'm like, wow. Do you walk around the store and like say that and say, do you hear that? That's 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 me. Because <laughs> well, I'll walk up to somebody and you know talk and then I'll say, hey, by the way, boys and girls, you know, <laughs> break into that voice. No, it, it doesn't happen often. And to tell you the truth, I'm sort of a shy guy, and to uh, perform in front of people has never really been my thing. I mean, I can do it, but I'd much prefer being in my booth in my basement. Uh, in a booth in the radio station, that was fun. And I know you can be whatever you want to be. But when you're right in front of people, that gets a little more difficult because I don't really do that that often. But and that's how you got into it, radio, right? Yeah. That's how, yeah. You, that's how you started into this. Exactly. I went to uh, Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts down in uh, suburban Detroit. And 
I was a systems analyst programmer for a uh, place called R.L. Polkin Company, which was great. But at 21, sitting in a cubicle drove me insane. And uh, I, got, I went to Specs and then sold everything I had after I got done and moved to Gladwin, Michigan. And literally worked in a 14 by 70 trailer across the street from a cow pasture. I'd turn the station on at 5 a.m., be the morning guy. I sold airtime. And I called the play-by-play for the uh, Gladwin Flying G's, which was the uh, <laughs> basketball team. And it just grew from there. I was there six months. And then as it happens in radio, you get fired, you move somewhere else. I went to Midland for a while, and then I got fired after that for about a year and a half. And then I came to Lansing for about 16 years. So, yeah, it's, it's been fun. So when you got into, you, know, you said, you know, there's lots of, lots of firing in the radio business. Oh, and, yeah. you, and you found yourself now, you know, going on on your own, branching out on your own, starting this, starting this business. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you approach marketing yourself the the PR of Bob's voice how did you approach that you know it's funny I was the program director at the radio station for a long time and I took over for a very uh, uh, my mentor Mark Stevens who sadly is no longer with us but uh, when Mark passed oh actually he went to another radio station but I, I ended up getting his job as a program director and he was the type that was really gruff and when the record representatives would call and try to get records played on the air he'd be really tough about it and, you know, he'd be demanding on what he could get for our radio station as giveaways and promotional materials and that sort of thing. And he always tried to teach that to me. I'm not that guy. You know, I couldn't be that really pinheaded type of boss. So what I started doing, well, just my personality, it was all built on relationships and building good relationships. And as easy as it sounds, my whole marketing concept when I started doing work on my own was all relationships and making sure you have the touches it's more difficult in what I do because there's not that 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 medium to get out there and just kind of uh, when I started at least uh, to get out there and make that mass hit so it was all I, I always made sure I touched the clients wherever they happened to be it was always nice always give thanks via via mail and not email because email is so simple to do and as odd as it sounds sending a hard piece of mail and a thank you really makes an impact so how much of the work that you get on a on a daily weekly monthly basis do you get because of those personal relationships you've built or from a service because you know we've done we've worked and and done tv commercials and radio ads in the past and often we'll work with the the video production folks who will send us here are five voices pick you know pick one and right. I won't know any of them. There'll just be a voice probably in, in basement similar. Oh, <laughs> similar yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, like, do you get through that kind of process versus, you know, just relationships that you've built over the years? You know, it's it's 80% of the stuff I do is built on relationships uh, or, or still due to the relationships. But because there are so many more uh, voice talent out there and so many other venues and, and avenues that any producer can hunt down voice talent, uh, it makes it a little more difficult to get new clients in, but I still do that with, I've got uh, three agents, uh, actually four agents around the country. I'm on four or five different websites and daily I'm auditioning and you can get new clients that way. Most of those don't stick, but there are some that do. Um, I do some uh, security stuff for a company, for instance, and I auditioned for this job. And that was three years ago. And they just liked me so much that I just kept doing their courses over and over and over again. A lot of it is very 
it, it's not as sexy as it sounds sometimes because it's not all the commercials that run on you know all these uh, networks it's it's more the industrial videos and corporate videos and stuff like that well i just i i was following a, an author or, uh, someone on twitter not anyone i know but he was talking about the process he was going through because he had just finished a book it was coming out and he was going to read it do the the book on tape oh yeah and it took him, I, I don't know, a couple of weeks to do it. And he was talking about how excruciating the process was. I mean, yeah. he just said it was the worst thing he's ever done professionally or personally is having to sit there and read his own book. Oh, yeah. And read it well. Yeah. And I've, I've been asked to do long form stuff. The, the longest I'll do, especially if it's directed, is maybe 10 minutes tops. I don't have the, the focus <laughs> to do much more than that. And quite honestly, I just, it, it bores me to tears. I want something different. And, and I know a book can be very intriguing and a lot of different types of voices and that thing. But I just, I can't hold my concentration that long. So anything. you're not going to do a Ken Burns documentary anytime soon? Uh, documentaries might be a little bit different, but the books themselves, okay. I love the Ken Burns stuff. They're amazing, aren't oh, they? Oh, it's fabulous stuff. Well, I think how long it would take me to read a book out loud, and I'm like, oh, I couldn't do that. This take, you got six months to dedicate to this? Oh, it's yeah. going to take me that long to get through oh, it. Oh, and then remembering which voice goes to whom and how you're doing mm -hmm. that, that would be impossible. Are there yeah. any like products you won't you won't do is there is there you ever like get <laughs> or, asked to or do have you had to say no it was like yeah. nah i'm not i have do done that. literally thousands upon thousands and i've turned down one job one job and it was a uh it was a really big bash on our president on, on obama and regardless of where politics was it was an amazingly poor taste. And usually when I, because I'll do, I'll do Republican, Democrat, Independent. It doesn't bother me either way. Once the door is closed, my affiliation is out the, out the uh, door. But that was in such poor taste. I thought, I can't do that and, and think, oh, that's fine. Yeah. And so that was really the only one I've ever turned down. I've done a lot of stuff, but... Yeah, nothing that makes me uncomfortable if, if somebody were to hear it. How often do you get a script and you just roll your eyes and go, oh, seriously, this, you want me to read this? Or you think this is good? <laughs> oh, that happens a ton. Oh, geez, that happens a ton. Because a lot of times, especially when I was with uh, the high volume, low cost, it was pretty much a clearinghouse where there were 10 to 12 male, 10 to 12 female uh, talent. And the smaller market radio stations have your normal group of DJs that will cut spots. But that makes the three guys on every commercial. So what this job was is you'd have these salespeople sending stuff into this clearinghouse. They'd say, I want this guy to do it, and you'd pick it up. So it's really a sales guy writing the spots. And they're not good at it. And they're thinking, well, in my head, I read it in 30 seconds. Read it out loud mm -hmm. with breaths, with some emotion, and it's going to be 38 you know, yep. it, it was, it's amazing to see how different it is. Do you push back on copy ever? Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it, it depends on what it pays, uh, <laughs> it, quite frankly, but you know, and, and again, I've got some great relationships, uh, with a lot of the people that I've dealt with and I do, uh, there's, there's a, uh, basement waterproofing, uh, company in, in Metro Detroit. And sometimes they write stuff that's a little long. And I'll read it and then send it back to him and say, okay, this is what's going to happen if I read it this way. And then we can just massage the copy. And, you know, those, I don't, 
usually if you if you have somebody that writes long copy and they send it back, you get the original fee and then a revision fee and all this other stuff. And I just don't nickel and dime like that. Yeah. I don't like to do that. How do you decide what voice you're going to use? Do you give them a couple options or how does that work? Yes. Uh, that's a great question because a lot of times I've always prided myself on, on interpreting copy pretty well, but there's sometimes when I totally miss the mark and what I'll end up doing sometimes if I'm a little unsure is give them three or four different options to choose from one that's you know really soft and then a little harder one that's a little more of a whisper one that's a little louder and then let them choose and if I'm, and then if I miss the mark then I get them on the line or, or have them direct me mm-hmm. is there anything uh, you're just dying to do that you haven't done or something you auditioned for that you didn't get that you really wanted you know I, not quite yet there was one that I ended up getting uh, for discover card they were the uh, the sponsors of the Stanley Cup playoffs okay. years ago. And I got to be on that spot talking about sending your kids Stanley Cup moments. And that was really, really cool watching TV and seeing yeah. that come on. You know, that's that's the type of thing that was really fun. Do you cool. ever struggle with pronunciation? I would think that would Tons. be really hard. Medical, medical stuff. I, I actually just booked one for next week. And there was, boy, I wish I could have... I should have brought that script because I had to literally sit at breakfast and read one sentence a dozen times before, you know, arterial fibrillation, all these other in the names of the uh, drugs and everything else just are not easy to pronounce. Do you write it out phonetically for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if I don't, I get hosed. Right? How would you remember? Yeah, it's really, really difficult. <laughs> well, at times. You, you nailed ration. That's been. I've been having people get that wrong since I was. Well, Resk. Yeah. <laughs> Reesh. Reesh. Rush. Rush a lot. Rush. So you yeah. ju- you kind of just answer this question a little bit, but I wanted to. How do you how do you practice? Do you walk around the house like just talking in different voices? And it's funny when I was in radio years ago, there were record reps that would say, my gosh, I can write off all this stuff because everything has to do with music and I can write off my TV service because they'll play music and blah, 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 blah. I never got into that. However, I watch TV every day and if a spot comes on that's good, I'm like, wow, that's that's really, really well done. And I'll practice that while I'm sitting there with my beer, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's It's actually kind of fun. So I do practice quite a bit on on things like that. Is there anyone, with that being said, is there anyone you like or envious of or do you think is... Liv Shriver. Liv Shriver. Oh, my God. I could listen to him do the HBO stuff all day. I'm like, that guy is just a king. He is absolutely the king. He is good. Yeah, he's my fave. How do you take care of your voice? Drinking and golfing? Yeah, I've been asked that many times. <laughs> and, and, and I've got a couple of really good friends that are uh, ear, nose, and throat doctors. And I've never asked them for anything. Every once in a while, if the voice is a little rough, I'll take like hot tea. But outside of that, you've seen me. I mean, tonight I I'm have. playing golf. And I'll be smoking <laughs> a couple of cigars and drinking scotch. But <laughs> yes. yeah, it's funny. There was a weekend a couple months back where we spent with my, my two little boys who were so horrible. <laughs> that by Monday morning, I did not have a voice. My <laughs> voice was gone. I'm like, man, if my job, if I actually had to do a speech today, or I had to go, my, I, because I screamed at my kids so much for the last 48 hours, I would not be able to do it. So oh, that you yeah. probably can't 
Yeah, it w- it was gone. By the way, he came in and sounded sick, and I asked him, "Are you, are you sick? What what happened?" No, I was just screaming just like sick kids. Just, just Cooper. <laughs> just Cooper. <laughs> All right, so let me tell you, my voice drives me crazy because it sounds, when I listen to myself on the podcast, it yeah. sounds weak and thready and like old womanish. So if I wanted to make it better, what should I do? It's just like anything else. Uh, when I went to Specs Howard and I had listened to a bunch of the tapes that I had done back then, back in the 80s, it's funny how much your voice changes. And like anything else, if you work your muscle, It'll develop into what you want it to do. And outside, because everybody, myself included, when you'd listen to yourself in headphones especially, you'd just think, that doesn't sound like me. But it does. It's just hard for you to hear yourself. And the first thing you have to get used to is how you sound. Because in voiceover, a lot of people will come up to me and say, I have a deep voice. I could be a voiceover man. <laughs> and it's like, no. Are you, you really talking about Chris Harkins? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chris would be good. because yeah. he, you know, He said that. He just said, <laughs> I have a deep voice. I could be a voiceover man. <laughs> Truthfully, anybody can be a voiceover person. Anybody. It all has everything to do with how you interpret copy, how you read, because right now it's not the... Uh, announcer voice that really gets a lot of jobs. What gets the job is the everyday voice. So if you can sound like a mom talking about her kids in the back seat, you're perfect. And you don't need the silky smooth, you know, that voice that so many have. So the first thing to do is just get used to your own voice. And after that, then talk like you normally do. There is something about your voice, though, that it's like it resonates in you. And like, it's just so I was just sitting here just like looking at you, just listening. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just talking. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like you've got built in speakers. It's Mm -hmm. kind of a vibration to it. I think part of it it is because I'm going deaf after years in radio. So I talk a little louder so I can hear myself and Uh high pitches. I can't hear too well. Oh, okay. I get kind of hosed on that. Well, but. so I'll just speak very highly, and you'll tell me I sound great. You, you sound don't want fabulous. It, right? stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming in. This was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I appreciate you helping us out and playing along with with the announcement. Um, as Bob Olson has been our guest on on the episode today, Bob'sVoice.net is his website. Uh, check it out. He's got some fun demos you can listen to. Uh, you're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Take the words right out of it Make the motions fit just right Show me what I'm dealing with And even if you lose me out along the way It's just another alibi So the story is about the pig with a wooden leg. It's a true story. It was campaign days and I was 
I'll tell you quickly. So I was driving down the road one day, and I, I was out in farmland somewhere, you know, probably Cahokta or something, and I drove past, and there was a pig on the side of the road with a wooden leg. And I looked at it, and I, I thought, that pig's got a wooden leg. Oh, my goodness. And it ran up a driveway towards this farmhouse. So I go up to the farmhouse um, because I was so curious, and I pulled up the driveway, and I knock on the door, and the pigs run around to the back, and I knock <laughs> on the front door. <laughs> You're right, Joe? <laughs> This is a great setup. <laughs> this is a great setup. So I knock on the door, and this this old guy comes out. This old farmer, he's got like his overalls on and everything. And um, and I said, I'm really sorry to bother you. I was driving through, and I noticed a pig with a wooden leg on the side of the road, and it ran up your driveway. That's not your pig, is it? And and the the old guy looks at me. and goes, That is my pig. Let me tell you a story about that pig. He said one time. Ma and I, we were sleeping in the house, and the barn caught fire. That pig came in squealing and hollering, made a huge racket, woke us up. We got out. The fire didn't catch. We were, we were able to get out okay. We saved the animals, saved our lives. It did. And I said, well, that's an amazing story, but can I ask you, why does the pig have a wooden leg? And the farmer looks at me and says, well, let me tell you another story about that pig. He says, one time there was an intruder broke in the back door. Me and Ma, we were asleep. We didn't hear it. Pig came in squealing, hollering, made a huge racket, woke us up confronted the intruder they got him out saved their lives said, that's amazing why does the pig have a wooden leg and the guy looks at me again he goes let me tell you a story about that pig i said no, no i i know i'm sorry it's a great pig it's an amazing pig it's done a lot of cool things but why does the pig have a wooden leg and the farmer looks at me and he said pig saved your life that many times you wouldn't be able to eat them all at once either would you <laughs> this is a joke right oh this didn't God. happen <laughs> so it's a amazing story, right? No. I love Nikki's reaction. <laughs> so my mouth is just open for a long time there. <laughs> so I tell the kids this story at the at the wedding, and one of the kids hadn't heard it, and he comes running over. He goes, "Will you tell it again?" So I tell it again, and uh, and they're all just staring at me. And a couple of the kids are like, "This is real. Is this real? Did that really happen?" I'm like, "Absolutely. It's a true story." And the little boy is maybe six years old, maybe seven. He looks up at me. His eyes are just wide. And I swear to God, he looks at me, he says, I wish I was you. <laughs> and I thought that this is, it doesn't get better than this. This is the greatest moment of my life. I've, I've just told the pig with the wooden leg story and a seven year old boy who I've never met before is staring up at me in such wonder You're that his hero. he wishes that he was me. Yeah. Was that just the part where we have fun and, really and talk and I didn't say anything? Yes. Okay. <laughs> If you look me right in the eye Well, I'm hooked Oh, love The kind of love you're giving, girl, is never enough I'm hooked Oh, love The kind of love you're giving, girl, is never enough The kind of love Yep, they did. And now it's Facebook. Yeah. So, uh, Nikki put out a blog this week about changes that have been coming to Facebook and how we do political advertising. Mm -hmm. Because of the, the hijinks of Boris and Natasha in hijacking Facebook and, and the election. So And Cambridge Analytica. And, and those guys. Walk us, of, why don't you walk us through what... So, people are doing advertising, specifically political advertising on Facebook. What do they need to know about what's changed? Yeah, so basically you can't just do it willy-nilly anymore and just target who you want to. You have to be an authorized Facebook advertiser. 
So on your actual page, whatever page you want to advertise from, you have to choose one person, uh, one main admin who's going to be your advertiser, and they have to become an authorized user or an author authorized advertiser for Facebook. So Facebook requires you to um, upload some type of identification, whether it's a driver's license or your passport photo, uh, last four digits of your social security number, and then a U.S. address that they are going to send a code to you with that to that address that you then add to your page and that's like the whole process of actually getting authorized to be an advertiser so this the whole gist is they want to make sure that these are real people not robots yes. and not russians yes and it's not necessarily that you're a u.s citizen but they're you are authorized in some way to advertise to u.s citizens or in the u.s in some way when does this start it's starting it's going does that include boosted post i don't you know actually that's a great question i'm not sure about that i know it's for specific ad campaigns when you're targeting like specific people for political purposes whether it's a political candidate or it's a page um and boosting is usually just to people that follow a page so i think that's probably a little bit different than like i'm targeting you because you fit these specific demographics oh. So that's part of it, too. And then... So is there okay, any no. truth to the rumor that this is just Mark Zuckerberg's his <laughs> scheme to actually get our home address is the one piece of information that we've never given Facebook. He <laughs> 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 can complete the profile. Um, well, it doesn't have to be your home address, just a U.S. Uh, address of some sort. That somewhere he can reach you with You can mail. get your mail from, yeah. I just can't wait to see the look on the face of the, the Facebook dude who um, gets the envelope in the mail from the White House that has like a photocopied picture of Donald Trump's driver's license and his address and as, he, as he's signing up to be a, an administrator for his Facebook page. <laughs> so he can run his own ads. That's right. That's possible. So then you have to actually, uh, once you're authorized, link all your ad accounts. Um, and you have to add a disclaimer. Well, there will be a disclaimer added that says this is a political ad. Hmm. And then you have to add um, a little note like um, this is paid for by XYZ. So that anybody who actually sees this ad, they, they will know that it's a political ad. They will know who targeted them. And then they will be able to see why they were targeted. Like what specific demographic information about them led to this ad. So they're bringing, the, bringing the realities of other kinds of paid political advertising to the to the world of Facebook I just think this is the I I think it is offense I am as an American I am offended okay <laughs> it, I, it is interesting to me that it, it now seems more difficult to exercise your First Amendment rights on Facebook than it is to vote exactly but you know it's also interesting to me that this is this happens after a very successful Donald Trump social media campaign when it didn't happen after <laughs> previous very successful social media campaigns. But. Right. And then Google's going to start doing something similar too. So it's not just Facebook, it's Google. Nice. So they, they'll have like a list somewhere where you can see all the ads that were done and all the target markets and everything. I mean, it's just, it's all going to be public pretty much now. If it's okay. political anyway. Okay. Well, if you have some questions about that I know you can find information about it on, on Facebook's page, but if you're if you're someone who's doing political advertising, be on the lookout because things are changing this t this time around. Thanks, so. Putin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice job. We're gonna take the calendar down. Okay. On that note, I want to thank everybody for listening to uh, this week's podcast. I want to thank 
The Voice, Bob Olson, for joining us and talking about his life as a, a voiceover professional. Uh, thanks to uh, Brian Western and Pete Mowry for their music. Um, thanks for Nikki for doing some looking into uh, the information on Facebook. And uh, thanks to the pig with the wooden leg. We'll talk to you next time on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Open book.